fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hey, ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 415. This is the Detroit Lions training camp preview. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your ever-dashing host, Chris. And with me is my, not fedora, but cap-wearing, gorgeous co-host, who I get to hug in person next week, Jeff the Riz. Rizden, how you doing, brother? I'm, I'm okay. I missed you last week, but you got a great guest in place, so I'm, I'm pretty happy that how that turned out. Uh, and also, my hat is weirdly off, off white now. I think I need a new one. <laughs> blame the lighting. I always blame the lighting. <laughs> I, I, I usually do. Yes. Good work. Good work. All right. Uh, we got a big show today. You would think, well, it's the middle of summer. What could they? Oh, what could they? Even oh my talk god, it's so big. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, we're going to talk about training camp. We're going to get you ready to go. Camp battles to watch. A whole lot more there. Talk a little bit about Madden ratings, maybe. Um, Dan Campbell's thoughts on the Lions potential. We've got something on that for you, which is pretty interesting. We're going to talk about offensive line ranking rankings and the training camp listener appreciation party. We've got all that stuff and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my friend? Let's kick this off and break it down. I'm sorry. Cut you off there. That's okay. I hate to do that. No one should cut off the riz. All right. Uh, everyone in the chat, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you live. Love to have you guys watching us live and hanging with us live, guys and gals. Um, good stuff going on. First, we got to talk about the training camp party, um, the 30th. Go to party.detroitlionspodcast.com. That's party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get yourself some tickets. It's big and it's getting bigger. Again, that's what she said. Uh, Dan it, Miller. That's really what she said in this case. So it's, it's going to be a fantastic evening. You can ask people who've been before. You can ask ask people who don't even like me who went and they had a great time. It, it can happen. It's awesome. Yeah. It's worth it. It's absolutely, aside from that, the food is fantastic. They have a Thai peanut pizza that kicks complete butt. They have an excellent uh, beer list. They got some some uh, strange imports that I, I tend to find pretty nice. It's it's set up. It's pretty, it's just an awesome time, man. You got to be there. It is a blast, and we recommend you come because, oh my gosh, <gasps> Jeffrey and Tina Kena, who are. Tina's coming, I guess Jeffrey said. Uh, I got you a Fuentes Hemingway for the training camp party. Oh, that's so awesome. That is awesome. I will enjoy that. I, you're the man. All right. Get uh, aside of that. We've got Dan Miller coming. And, and as, as uh, Jeff said, he asked, when's the party? Are we doing it? What's going on? He was on it before we even got out around to asking him. He's excited about being there. I just talked to Jerry today. Jerry Jacobs has confirmed he will be there. Bet. People getting he in the house. So he'll be there. He'll talk. He'll do autographs. He will do the whole deal. If you have Jerry stuff that you want, seatbeltgang.com, anything from there that you'd like to get signed, he will 
knife that up for you. He will uh, he will sign like crazy. We'll have him on the show as well. We'll talk about his recovery. We'll talk about all the great stuff he's got going on. Jerry Jacobs is going to be there. Also going to announce the St. Jude event. Um, give you the details that you've been waiting for because everybody I'm loves forgetting about how awesome you did a fantastic job putting this together, Chris. I'm going to get you and you deserve all the credit because you did it. But anything that you see with the Detroit Lions podcast doing this, the St. Jude's thing this year that everybody is going to absolutely love. It was Chris's brainchild. He's made it happen. He's put a lot of time and effort into it. Y'all are going to love it. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. It is going to be a big time, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And it's going to happen around the world all at once. It doesn't matter where you are. You can take part. And uh, there'll be an entry fee for the competition. There'll be big prize packs and the money will all go to St. Jude, 100% of it. So it's a, it's a, it's going to be a fun time. Um, we've also got, we're still working on a few more. And we, we I, I wanted to know by today, but we've got to get some schedules aligned, uh, potential guests. But Bill Keenis has said that he will be there. So I'll tell you kind of the, the flow of the party. We spent a little bit of time ahead of time getting, you know, chatting, saying hi, hanging out. We're going to get there earlier there this year to get everything set up and ready to roll. So when everyone's walking in, we can chat rather than me still sweating and setting everything up. And then uh, we, we get going with the show and we'll have uh, Dan and potentially someone else and we'll have Jerry and we'll just do a live show from there. You get to watch us do the how everything works while we do a show, the interactions and so on. You get to interact with us, take part of it. We'll have your questions as part of the show, that kind of thing. And then we'll we'll close out the show. We'll wrap everything up, pack it down really quick. And it's going to be a heck of a lot faster this year, Riz. I've got it. I've got it down even even maybe half as much as the stuff that we had for uh, senior bowl. It's going to be in and out. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty easy. Sweet, good. And I won't need band-aids. That's good. Cause every time <laughs> I put it, uh, something up, I always cut myself, even though there's no sharp objects. <laughs> he cuts himself on a tennis ball. And then we hang out and talk and have a and drink and do just a great time. And, and it, it becomes a, a session, just a high quality session of lions talk, everything talk and a lot it's, it's of fun. Great. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled that our guy Malcolm is coming back. He, if he's making it from Atlanta, y'all can make it from the, the, the northern suburbs of Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. For real. <laughs> so we've got all that going on. And then um, sometimes there's an after party. Um, usually so I will just say this. Uh, I will be in Allen Park all next week through Saturday. Sunday will be my last day off that I have probably until May. So I am prepared to sleep a little. <laughs> 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 and, and, like the, the Lions don't have anything going on on Monday or, or Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm on a family function the, the following week that will uh, unfortunately keep me uh, occupied. But uh, it's my last chance to, uh, to get a little bit of re- rest and relaxation time without having to stress about what I have to write for the next day. So it's yeah. going to be really good. And, you know, that means he can really tie one on that night before. <laughs> We're going to get Jeff going. We're going to get Chris going. And there's it never never fails to amaze, folks, how much we can go. Even through my dry July. I've, since since the 4th of July, I've been on dry July here, Riz, and I still will. I'm sorry. Away. No, it's okay. It's self-inflicted. Um, yeah. The party's great. You guys will enjoy it. I really, really recommend I'll coming out and hanging out. It is It is an absolute blast. More names to come. I, I was hoping to have them by this show today, but unfortunately, we're going to come on again, do a show on next Tuesday. Um, we'll have a lot more for you guys there, but get your tickets before they are gone. Party.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Foods included, the whole thing. All right. Bill Keenest. 
going to be there. Well, there there will be actual actual action going on in Allen Park. Oh, oh my goodness! Next Tuesday, a show with action with 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 hot lions action. I will have actual like reporting from the day of practice. It's going to be fun. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. I've missed it. I've missed being over there. I fly into town Wednesday, and then we get it on. It's going to come. It'll be time. It's going to come. <laughs> Good time. A lot of stuff going. I, I have to reference Bill. Um, Keenest is 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 likely going to come to the party. We're, we had a good long conversation with him today. Uh, we've got time again scheduled tomorrow. tomorrow talk some more. Um, just remember that name. Little tease here. I think we, there's just something really. Killing. He was he was so good. The the stories and the and the the excitement and the gleam in his eye and the wilt in his voice with which he shared them was it, it was amazing. Um, I had only ever in, encountered him for like five minutes. I don't really know him. He's, uh, but but seeing that, like, my God, that guy was he was awesome. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I had to back out at the last second. And you found a, a fantastic co-host, um, <laughs> one that, that you probably should get on more. Well, <laughs> funny you say that. <laughs> hmm. Stay tuned. I will tell you, he is one of the most wonderful human beings. And I've said this about the people I've met through the Lions and the Lions organization, how great they are. He is, again, such a top shelf human being. I mean, who he is, his personality, his kind of belief set, where he works from, just such an amazing guy. Um, recognizes the value of the oral history of the lions. And I just say, stay tuned because uh, yeah, something big um, and we'll go from there. But Bill's interview was, was, was spectacular. And, and I heard it from many, many people, um, you know, one of the top shows, one of the best shows we've, we've ever done. One of my favorites and, and nothing against you, Riz or case or anybody. Right. Oh no, I um, totally agree. Um, I actually got that feedback. I was in Indianapolis last weekend with uh, my son's AAU basketball team, and a couple of the parents are, are regular watchers. Thanks, guys, for watching. Thank you. Uh, and they shared with me at dinner, like that that you guys had a great episode this week, even though you weren't on. I'm like, yeah, it really was. <laughs> it was it, it was very very well received by a lot of fans, and I really love that. It's the kind of thing that you could listen to in five years and still be completely you know relevant and and engaging. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Good stuff. So, big shout out to Bill. He was absolutely great. All right. Let's get into some some lion stuff. Uh, Dan Campbell, you may have heard of him. He had, you know, he, he says some crazy things. Everyone loves Dan, you know, and uh, Dan says some silly things they say. But I have to tell you, this one, this one, I don't think it's, the, I don't know. Here it is. Okay, let me just, let's go. Dan Campbell says the Lions may be the rich strike of the 2022 NFL season. And when we say the rich strike, what is that? Rich strike was, um, Back in May in the Kentucky Derby, uh, Blaze passed the favorites. Stunning upset in the final moments was down, um, what, what is it, 16th with 33 seconds less left in the Derby before storming to victory, as they say. And, you know, Rich Strike blew everybody's mind, underestimated by everybody out there and came to win the Derby. He says that the Detroit Lions this year could be that kind of team. And I thought that was a good thing to, to, to talk about, not just – to kind of review Dan, because at one point, at some point as a coach, it's the beginning of the season in every, you know, you see hard knocks. The one thing that happens at the beginning of every series of hard knocks every year, every coach says we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Right. That's how it all starts. And that's always the goal at the beginning. That's what they all say. So you expect that from a coach at the beginning. But Dan's a little different. Right. 
and and he he's he, the, the the phraseology here is a little bit different in from Dan because he said we play with the expectation to make it to the Super Bowl, but now that was last year, right? The playoffs are the place to be, right? Now it's we may be the rich strike. We may like there's it's a different. Do you get the the difference? Am I am I, am I making that? Yeah, at that point. Yeah, that, that he's he's putting he's more raised the bar a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he has. So, Riz, your thoughts? Number one, how about that as the kind of un you know the unsung hero potential of the team? Let's start there. I, I think it's. I, I don't want to pee in the Kool Aid jar, but it seems a little premature, based on a lot of things. But remember, this was the last team in the league to win a game last year. And while there were some close ones, Baltimore, Minnesota, you got to remember that Philadelphia happened, that Seattle happened, that, you know, there were some ugly, ugly losses. And while the team has improved a lot, they're still lacking marquee talent. Now, maybe maybe Hutchinson develops into that. Maybe Williams, I I think he will develop into that pretty quickly. And, you know, they – They've gotten better, but uh, I actually had this conversation uh, on a different podcast today that I did with uh, former Lions Wire editor, um, and, and everybody knows everybody knows Ty Schulter. I was on with him and, and a couple other guys on their podcast, and we were talking about it, and they still don't have a lot of difference makers on this team relative to a lot of other teams. Um, e- even some of the teams that, that we think might not be as good as the Lions, they have like difference makers at, at important positions that the lions, like they're better. The, the bottom like has risen way the hell up, but I'm not sure that the top has raised enough yet for the lions to be that kind of a team. But again, if you go back to the rich strike analogy, there was like one dude on the, on the NBC pregame out of like the 80 that they interviewed who said, Oh, rich strike. Like, and it only took that one guy, but if, if you make that bet, you you're eating, you're eating pretty dang well. Yeah, dang, you're right. And I think I, I wouldn't say that the Lions can't be that. I don't expect them to be that. But, hey, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, baby. <laughs> and nobody expects Yeah, you're right. Um, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Talk about a, what a show. Um, I think about uh, what he said and the potential. And, and I, you know. So there's a couple things that come together for this for me. And I, and again, I don't want to be brewing too much Kool-Aid, right? But I, I, I want to look at where's the upside here. Uh, I think Riz said, let's look at the downside. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, just a little bit of a contrarian look at it here. There was three games that were, you know, the Tucker field goal, the, the three games that were very easily. The Greg Joseph field goal in Minnesota. A bounce the, of the uh, ball different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's you can weird. you say okay let's just say the ball bounces different the luck goes our way this year because three times it went away from us this this year it goes our way three times okay so we're a six win team right the other thing we've got is no other team played more rookies than the Detroit Lions which means all of those rookies got live fire game time NFL speed experience against number ones and number twos from other professional NFL teams. You do not grow any faster and get any better any faster than you do playing in those kinds of situations. So I agree with that. We were also Um, then able to evaluate that young talent 
and bring that young talent into the fold as to where do they need to improve? What do we specifically need to work on with them to get them better to the next level? And who do we maybe not believe in? Where, where, you know, Will Harris, where should we put him? How should we play? We've learned some lessons with Will Harris last year that the previous regime never learned. Right. He didn't try. Well, yeah, I think there's an interesting spin on the way things worked out last year to project this year. Then you look at how we did in the draft, made some great moves. We got some great talent. We got something that was absolutely missing in on the defensive line last year in that we potentially look to have a rush this year. Right. The, 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 the secondary played great last year. In, uh, even with all the injuries, they played great, but they didn't have a line to really give them the opportunity to show how good they were with some pressure that we can get from Hutchinson this year, uh, the way they've lurked, they, they've worked this line, Josh uh, Paschal. Uh, I, I think there's, there's a, a, a good shift defensively. Um, Jared Goff had no weapons last year. All of a sudden this year, we've got some real weapons looking. Let's just say it's worth three wins. Now you got a nine win team, right? Maybe right. one more bounce the ball, a 10 win time. You're, you're looking at a potential for the playoffs. And if anybody tells you that uh, getting in the playoffs is the biggest thing that you need to think about, that's the New York Giants beating the Patriots on, uh, on some crazy plays. You can't win it if you aren't in it. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Am I saying they're going to the Super Bowl? I'm not, but I'm saying I get where Campbell is and I can do the math to get us to that kind of a, right. a, an outcome. Right. It, it requires a lot of things all lining up and happening properly. But and and this was brought up, I think it was actually in our Slack, our, our podcast, Patreon Slack. Um, go join that, by the way. It's the smartest chat on the internet. Absolutely. Smartest lines chat on the internet. Swift. Um, as it, hell. It, it, it veered into weird weird mayonnaise and DeAndre Swift talk today, but it, it it rallied back into being really good. But somebody brought up the Bengals last year making the Super Bowl when they were predicted to be a third or a fourth place team. And I will just say this, the Lions don't have Joe Burrow at quarterback, and that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. the, the Lions don't have, well, they, they could, uh, getting a guy like Trey Hendrickson as, as a free agent and getting the, the impact defense that they got from a guy like Jesse Bates uh, and, and the fact that their corners played really well and stayed healthy all year. Like A lot of things happened for Cincinnati that, that really had, but they also had higher-end talent than what the Lions have proven to have yet. And it doesn't mean that the Lions can't don't have it. It's just that we haven't seen it yet. Like, maybe Tracy Walker steps up and becomes what Jesse Bates was last year. Maybe uh, maybe Hutchinson comes right out of the box and, and, and is Trey Hendrickson and gets 14.5 14 sacks. That, that'd be great. And, and it can happen. Yeah, yeah. But a, a lot of us, and then I'll raise my hand here, have to be – we got to see it before we believe it. Show me, don't tell me, to, to quote the great Giddy Lee. Mm -hmm. I will say, you know, one of the things we said last year was uh, during the draft in 2021, we need to get wide receivers. We need to get wide receivers. There's no way you can evaluate Jared Goff as a quarterback unless you get him someone nope. to throw with. They weren't evaluating Jared Goff last year. That That was not part of their plan going in. It kind of see the plan now, right? I kind of see wh where they're going with it. He has the, the pieces now. Uh, the time with a coach, I think what they were evaluating with Jared Goff was the the space between his ears. I think that's what they were evaluating last year. And, and I it, think they wanted to see also if he was the, the leader of men that they thought he could be. And I think mm -hmm. he, he proved to, to be a 
a good locker room presence where that wasn't necessarily the, the rap on him coming out of Los Angeles. So he, he did check that box. And let me, I would say that I, I do think that they wanted more from Goff. I think they would have liked it if he like blew them away. And it's like, Oh, we absolutely don't ever need a quarterback. We, you know, we got our guy Goff. Um, he didn't do that. I think that's what this year is now for. And, and to your point, they got a lot of weapons. They got a good offensive line. Not now it's definitely on Goff to perform. And I think, uh, He's aware of that, and I think the coaching staff is aware of that, and that, that's a good place to be. A guy, a guy playing to prove it, uh, that, 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 can, that can produce some pretty good things. I'm going to go back, and we talked about this. I played these before, but we had a little bit of technical difficulty when I did it. I'm going to play them again because I think it's really, really important. Um, first, Jared Goff, Christmas Eve 2016, taking over, and what was it, an O or a four-win team, was it, for the season with the Rams? I, I want to say that they were three and – 11 or three and 12 at that point. All right. Let's, let's hear Jared Goff back in 2016 with a lousy ass Rams team. And I'll say this. I mean, to all the fans and everybody that came out today, I mean, we're appreciative and understand where we are and that we know they understand where we are. And I mean, it's just hard. And and I I know they see it. I know we, I mean, it's hard in the locker room. It's hard for all of us, but promise you guys it will get fixed. Um, everything in my heart and soul to get it all fixed. There it was in 2016. And he took that team to a Super Bowl. He wasn't the superstar quarterback, although that game against Kansas City was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, But he took the team to a Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but Jared Goff did. And it so it, it, it can happen. Let's talk about what happened with Jared Goff. And again, I'm playing this again because it's it hit me when I saw that how nobody could make these this connection when he said this in Detroit last year. Just, you know, we, we stayed true. So all I'm saying is we will remain true. We'll remain resilient. And the gut punches will stop. There you go. He's basically doing the same thing. He came in at Cal to a loser. He came into the Rams to a loser. He came into the Lions to a busted ass roster loser after the Patricia Eden Quinn years. And every time he's risen to the top of the game, I will not count Jared Goff out. I will not say that he's Patrick Mahomes. I won't say that he's Tom Brady. I won't say that he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's a quarterback that can get you what you need with the right kind of offense and the right kind of players. And he can get you there, hopefully for a little bit lower price <laughs> compared to, you know, the, some of those other guys out there. And we'll see how that plays out if he gets Tyler on the Murray quarterback. Yeah. The, now the highest paid quarterback in the NFL and a guy who is 0-2-1 against the Detroit Lions in his career, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think I, I, I am – look, Goff oh, is no – Goff is no Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford couldn't do it with the Lions either. I just am not out on this guy – until I see him this year, obviously, with this roster. And and I just I feel like he's going to be good enough to get us what we need. And potentially, you know, one of the things about Tom Brady was, you know, if you can get a guy that marries a supermodel who makes more money than him, it's easy for that guy to take a little bit less money. But you may find in Goff, if he's to the point where he earns another contract, that you have a guy that takes less money at that position. And, and has earned less money at that position, but can still take you where you need to be, freeing up money to build the team in the ways that it needs to around him. We'll see how that happens. That's just a potential. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, looking at the potential well, for the future, I, yeah, it's I, there. I see the path, and I do see the potential. I just uh, – I'm hardened, and, and I do 
I, I need to see it. I, I do think that one of the things that we talk about every summer, but it needs to be reiterated, other teams got better too. Exactly. Not yeah. all of them. Chicago sure as hell didn't. Yep. Seattle sure as hell didn't. But other teams got better too. Other teams that are on the Lions schedule got better and are feeling the same thing right now. And like we got a longer way to climb than than all but one of those teams. And yep. that's uh that, that's something that you do have to keep in mind. You know, the, the New York Jets they're a lot better than they were a year ago. I, I still don't like their quarterback. I'd still take Jared Goff over Zach Wilson, but like that's not a bad football team on paper. Miami, not a bad football team on paper. They would you know, rock they, that Dan Marino. Those, these these are all teams that you think they think are going to win the not just make the playoffs, but win in the playoffs. Uh, New England thinks that. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but like that keep in mind that the, the lions were not the only team that got a lot more talent on the roster this off season. And you do have to fact that in when you're drinking your Kool-Aid, you know, maybe, uh, maybe other teams don't have the Honolulu blue Kool-Aid, but they got, they're drinking something and it, it's feeling pretty good there too. So just keep that in mind when you're uh, p- picking this team to go 11 and six and, and, you know, pound the, pound, pound the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. Like, well, right. No one saw it with red strike or rich strike, but I, I and again, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I can't right? argue that. <laughs> right. And, and, and basically what I described is threading the needle. I, and, and I'm not saying they're going to thread the needle, but there is a needle to thread. There wasn't really a needle that last year, Patricia. I mean, we st- very early started. We had the, the there December, were no needles in that haystack. There was just a bunch of shit. We had the December monitor out there. You know, talking about the meaningful games in December, and that was the big thing. And then we were watching it all season long. And uh, it's not like that with this team, right? There's, 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 we have a competent coaching staff. I think we can say that very, very clearly based Absolutely. on how that, t- how that team performed, how the defense performed under the most adverse of circumstances. Um, it just what it is what it is. Uh, Jean Paul Morrison on uh, Dose brought up that Goff looks like he was looking for answers. Yeah, he he didn't trust his receivers. Herman Moore did a great take on that last year, and and, and we he referred did. to it during the season. He didn't trust the receivers. He didn't have the people he could throw to. If you watch him early when Cephas was there, and we've we've made this point a couple of times, he had Cephas. He looked better. He had a receiver that that created space and play ability for him to make plays once Cephas went down he was lost and I'll, I'll tell you uh Aylin didn't do him any favors and there's a reason Aylin isn't here anymore um he designed everything for Hawkinson and Swift and if they were covered there was nowhere to go I mean the offense was a wreck when uh with the way Aylin was running he was not there's a lot of stuff that went on there um then all of a sudden you get Josh Reynolds right Reynolds is out there and all of a sudden he's performing like he was when Cephas was there now Josh Reynolds is number four on the depth four. chart. You've got Thiefus is no lock to make the roster. You've got three players ahead of the guy who opened Goff up and helped Goff have the um, the season that he did at the end of the season last year. The one that everyone points to say oh, Goff is getting better. He's got three better players catching the ball than the guy that helped him get there. There's nowhere to go for him but up with that kind of availability of wide receivers. And that's why I think you're going to see the golf that earns another contract. I really do. I think that's what you're going to see. If we don't, then we don't. But my prediction for Jared Goff this year is because of the targets that he has available, he's going to earn himself another contract. And I think this front office will will believe in him. I think it's he's not going to earn himself a giant 
over the top contract. And I think that's one of the things that's actually going to help the team over the long haul. So totally agree because they're going to have to pay guys other contracts, or if they want to lure in a big ticket free agent, which they're going to be poised to do fairly well um, in 2023, 2024, yep. presuming that they don't have to break the bank to sign any of the other, their current people, which includes Jared Goff. Uh, I, yeah, they, they, they're going to be set up for that. I don't, he's not, he, I don't think, I don't see him getting the, the uh, Russell Wilson money, no. the Kyler Murray money. Um, I don't see him. He might not get Kirk Cousins money. He might, he might be in that next tier. That's a little bit below that. And that's okay. As long as, because like you talk, like we've talked about, they have the weaponry around him where he doesn't, this is not a team that needs a quarterback to win games for them, but they need a guy who's a capable distributor. Who's not going to lose games for them either. Goff can be that guy. I have no question in my mind that he can be that guy. He wasn't last year, but he, he can be this year with the upgraded weaponry. And if, if you can keep doing that, that's sort of the blueprint. Uh, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. This Lions team really does remind me of the Texans team when they first got J.J. Watt and, and rose up. And, yeah. and Goff can be their Matt Schaub. Yeah. And Matt Schaub like, was, was a good quarterback until he wasn't. Uh, but he wasn't a guy that was like, oh, Matt Schaub's out there winning us games. Like, they were, they were winning games because they had Andre Johnson and, and Arian Foster uh, and Owen Daniels and a capable but not great offensive line uh, and a really good playmaking defense. And because Matt Schaub wasn't breaking the bank completely in terms of salary cap, they were able to, to pay those guys and augment a little bit better than what the teams that were paying the top dollar for the, the quarterbacks. Uh, Philip Rivers in, in San Diego at the time was a, was a good example of that. Because he was making so much money, they couldn't add as much many good pieces around him. That's the ticket to winning with Jared Goff. They really have to be careful and not overpaying him. But yeah, man, if, they, if if he proves that he's the right guy and they can sign him for a reasonable amount, you got two more first round picks next year that you don't have to worry about your quarterback. You can load up somewhere else, get yourself a playmaking another playmaking pass rusher or bookend, yep. get yourself a playmaking safety, get him get you something like that. That that's how you can win. That that that's where Cincinnati's at. That's where Russell Wilson took uh, Seattle when he was on his rookie contract before he broke the bank and and uh, Pete Carroll got a little full of himself. Like that, that's, himself that's the USC. blueprint on how you can do this, yeah. and and it's there. Um, again, I'm I'm not sure that it's going to work. I hope. God, I hope it needs to work, Chris. I hope it works. I've got something but, for you. It just hit me. Okay, please do. Because the blueprint we've talked. I, I just talked about it a few minutes ago, and I can't believe it, it eluded me just now. I talked about marrying a supermodel and then she can make all the money so that you don't have to be the big breadwinner. Hello. He's engaged to a supermodel. We didn't. Yeah, but congratulations (laughs) to him and uh, to Sandman with the the cleavage. That was beautiful. God, yeah. Sandman really got himself a catch there with Jared. Um, Yeah. Kristen Harper. I mean, absolutely. That's her name. Yeah. I knew her last name was Harper. I actually couldn't be her first name. That's sad. <laughs> I should, I should remember being a Chris. Um, gorgeous. I mean, good for him. He's, he's landed a gorgeous woman and it looks like, you know, they've been together a long time and through tough times. So it's more than just the, you know, the, the typical LA. They're going to have thing. beautiful children because Jer- Jared got a pretty darn good looking guy too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's one of those guys you don't like, he's not like, like drop dead gorgeous, like Brady Quinn or Jimmy Garoppolo, but you realize when you're on him, like, that guy can pull, man. And he obviously did. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. So yeah, good, good on golf. And he's now following the pattern, the Tom Brady pattern. He's going to have himself a supermodel that earns, that is the breadwinner. So he can, you know, earn, take less of a salary to, to help this team win. 
We'll see. We'll see. But I, it wouldn't that be because so? look, Tom Brady, when you look at him, what I mean, his brain is his his best asset. It's not that he's Absolutely. Uh, his he's a, a a wonderful scrambler, right? He's got a great accuracy, right, and a good arm. But I, I, he, I, I there's other quarterbacks that I think throw a better ball than he does, a stronger ball than he does, right? He just and 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 so for years. He was a, the kind of quarterback that everyone said, ah, he's just a system quarterback, right? They didn't give him the credit as a quarterback. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of smart people said that. I mean, if that's the case, Jared Goff could very well fit that kind of mold. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Again, he'd have to be better than he has been. But yeah. yes, he, he, he could. Give I won't him, say that he can't. Give him the, give him the weapons because we saw him go to a Super Bowl. We saw him outplay KC in that crazy game. It's not that he doesn't have talent. And that Kansas City game, one of the best NFL games I can remember in a long time as far as exciting, high scoring, the whole thing. He was the one that put that ball downfield and kept that game going for the Rams to, and, and pulled out the win for that team. He carried that team in that game with the talent that was around him, right? It wasn't him doing a Stafford pinpoint bullet into somebody's fingers, right? He he put the balls where his great players could get them, but he can work play as that quarterback. Has he lost it? I don't think he has. And I think we really need to understand how bad the talent was on his team last year. I mean, again, there's three wide receivers above the guy that helped him have that great finish to last year now. Three more talented people above that, so... We shall see. All right. Good talk. Good talk. Um, Madden ratings. I mean, this is big for a lot of people. I'm I'm not. People I, love this stuff, man. So it's the, the, time the year, last right? Madden that I played had Peyton Hillis on the cover. That That's always where I'm at with Madden. <laughs> Peyton Hillis. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. So I had way back in the day. I, I hope the statute of limitations are over. This is called Black Blockbuster was still in business. So it'll tell you. I had an original <laughs> Xbox and I had a buddy who put a mod chip in it. And so I could rent a game from Blockbuster, hit a series of buttons on the Xbox. It would just copy it onto the hard drive that we put it in there. And that was it. So for three bucks, I'd get a game, right? That's the last Madden that I played in full. My son plays it. I've messed with it here and there. Blockbuster went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> I've messed with it here and there along the way. It's like... The the thing is, is paying all that all that money for a uh, for a roster upgrade. It just it, uh, EA is is Satan incarnate. I just don't I don't want to give them money. Yeah, my my son does these. play it. Um, I I've watched him play it. Weirdly enough, um, but it's it's it, it doesn't appeal to me. I, you know, mm-hmm. I I don't really do video games anymore, which is weird because when I was in my twenties and thirties, that's like I gotta get home from work so I can play. It's like now I okay, do. I don't, I do. I still yeah. play. <laughs> um, so the ratings, uh, wide receivers, basically all the high 70s. Um, nothing spectacular, nothing terrible. They seem uh-huh. good. Hawkinson was ranked high again. I think Hawkinson uh, had the, the 89. 70s. I think that made him the fifth highest ranked tight end. So they got that going for him. Hopefully this year he earns better than that. Um, otherwise, um, nothing super excited. You get a new. No, new I do know that. Um, and I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. And I farmed this out to uh, Ed Lineswear to Cam Geary, who's writing up all the mad stuff. Thank you, Cam. Thanks, Appreciate Cam. it. I really do. Uh, ha- uh, Hutchinson is the top rated rookie defensive pass rusher. And Williams is the top rated rookie wide receiver. So they got that going for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's about that's about all I know with the Madden. Um, the uh, I want to say that the Jack Fox was like third or fourth uh, 
amongst the lions. And that sort of tells you like where the talent discrepancy is. Yeah. Frank Ragnow, I think got the highest rating. He's the only guy that got a 90. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well-deserved Ragnow's great. So he does. All right, let's get into some of the players. Let's talk a little bit about some of those folks that are working it this year. And um, we have a couple players out there who are just putting uh, the nose to the grindstone. And, and so, this is so the thing. Can, that, can I lead this one off with Jeff Okuda? Because in, one second, did, in one second, because I, I want to set it up a little more. Okay, um, go ahead. This is okay. the time of the year where you can, the introverts you'll never know, right? You just, you just, they, they're not, they're not pounded on, on social media, but this is where you see guys who are really putting the time in and committed to their craft. There's a lot of guys and, and I'm not, there's one that just did some snorkeling stuff and I'm not, I'm not giving them a hard time. So don't, so don't take it the wrong way, but um, there's a lot of guys that go snorkeling all summer long or go hang out on a beach all summer long or go, you know, pop and some pops all whatever. But there's other at Burger King all summer long. <laughs> there's other guys that actually put in time and work almost harder than during the season as far as the training regime. And, I, and I'll let you kick it off with Jeff Okuda with that setup. So I don't think people appreciate just how difficult what he did or impressive what he did is. He weighs 205 pounds. He is recovering from knee surgery from a year ago. He, uh, yeah, um, no, Achilles, right? Yeah, he had an Achilles tear. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many injuries. Yeah. It, it blurs. Tore his Achilles last September. He did a 29 and a half inch vertical jump while holding a 30 pound dumbbell in each hand. Go try that. I dare you. Maybe that's how I'll do my fat guy 40 at training camp, <laughs> <laughs> which is coming, I promise. Even when I was perfectly healthy and playing beach volleyball regularly, I'm not sure that I ever topped 30 inches in the vertical. And I sure as hell didn't do it holding 60 extra pounds. Mm. There's no way mm. that like that. That's remarkable. And the fact that he got it all on video, look, he looks phenomenal. Uh, we talked about it when, when we were at minicamp and OTAs, he's out there after practice forever. The last guy out there. And now remember he didn't practice. He's out there working with trainers, hitting the jugs gun, having the, the the ball shot at him as hard as he can, working on his hands, working on his reactions. Like, he wants it so bad, and I want it so bad for him because he's working. He doesn't deserve all the enmity and scorn that he gets from fans. Does he Does he want to be better? Hell yeah, he does. You think he's happy with the way his career is going? Okay. Well, let's, 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 let's try to, to uh, you know, I don't know. Flies, fly, keep the flies away from your poop and, and try to attract them with some honey. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you look at Akuda, he, he, throughout his rehab, he has been pushing the, the limits and he's been putting it out there for people to see. He's, he's made the mark on, in, you know, he's drawn the line in the sand to say, F you, this is not going to define me. What has happened bef- this, from this injury and before is not going to define me. I'm better than that. And I'm just going to tell you, I don't care who the hell you are, just mentally to be able to bounce back, have gone through what he's gone through to this point, and to bounce back and do what he's doing is freaking incredible. It's it really is. absolutely incredible to have the mental fortitude, not to mention all the physicality to be able to do that, right? He's obviously a superior athlete, but to be able to power through this with his head and come back and have this kind of confidence and then put it on display like that, my 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 kudos to Jeff Okuda for everything he's doing. And I'll tell you, 
knowing him and Jerry are friends, you know they're out there driving each other. They're out there pushing each other. And that and I'll tell you the one thing about Jerry that there's a lot about him that I that I like, but it's all about the attitude. He knows where he came from. He's as real as you will get. And you'll see when, when he comes to the party, which you should go to party.detroitlinespodcast.com, uh, Uptown Grill, July 30th. Uh, when Jerry's there and you get a chance to talk to him and get stuff signed, you will see what kind of a man he is. He is a man beyond his years. He is a man that is determined. Nothing will stop. Jerry Jacobs from getting what he wants. And I really, really believe that's why him and Okuda hit it off. And I think that they're like thunder and lightning with each other and that, and that drive. And uh, I have a lot of hope for Jeff Okuda. I really, really hope that he does it. If anybody can, him and Jerry are the two guys that can bounce back from those injuries and actually be better players than they were before. Jeff Okuda, I will give him a pass on the first two years with Patricia. And then he wound up injured right away under uh, MCDC. He was talking about it before the season last year, how the thing he wished he had learned those things under Patricia. They was learning right away in camp with with Glenn and, and, the, and the Lions coaching staff. He's like, God, I, I sure wish I learned that my rookie year. The things that they didn't teach him and the, the way that they, they abandoned him on the field as a player and his development is criminal. It's absolutely criminal. That that past coaching staff and their attention to detail and player development was as bad as I've ever seen in the NFL. And and look, I've covered I've covered both teams that went 0 and 7 or 0 and 16. I will tell you that both of those teams were better coached than Matt Patricia's last year in Detroit. W- without question. That that's me saying something nice about Hugh Jackson. Put that down. Is that the <laughs> never often? Yeah. Yeah. This guy, I think he's absolutely. And, and he's going to be a great watch on hard knocks again. Same with Jerry. That attitude is an easy storyline, isn't it? Those guys. And, and you know what? The friendship they have is going to be just going to be additive to that. These guys, I'm telling you, hard knocks is going to be great. And those guys are going to be stars. Their stories are going to be right across it. So uh, don't don't mess your time when you get a chance to see Jerry. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Jeff Okuda. Absolutely. Tell, talk a little bit also about Tracy Walker, because he's been sitting around smoking blunts all, all offseason, right? Maybe. Who knows? Um, it's legal here. So <laughs> no is the answer. Come on. It was supposed to be. <laughs> I wasn't making an accusation at all or an uh, insinuation. Uh, now so it's like it's Tracy, real. <laughs> Tracy looks really good. He posted a, a workout video with several clips of him doing things that most of us would really, really suffer trying to do. I'm uh, making it look easy on his Instagram story. Um, unfortunately, that evaporates and I didn't screen capture it in time, so I didn't get to write about it. But it's really like he's doing like agility drills, the ladder drills, with holding a giant medicine ball over his head. Like these are things that like, and he looks, he looks strong. Uh, he looked, look, he looked really, really physically impressive in June. I think he's added on a little bit of weight clearly isn't bothering his movement skills. So that's another guy. Uh, again, the, the, the attention and the dedication that he's putting into making himself be the best possible Tracy Walker. He can be, that's important. They need it. He's a guy that really has to step up and be the, a, a key player. Um, and he's shown glimpses of that at times, but this is like, he's got to really step up and do it. He's putting the effort in. He's putting the time in. He's putting the dedication in. Uh, let's, let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. I can't. I'm really excited to see these guys this year. Before we get into the next guy, um, I really quick want to take a moment. 
151 here, 30 likes. Take a second. It doesn't cost anything. Hit the like button. Hit, hit, the, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate everyone who does that. That helps us out a great, great deal. Helps get this out there for pe- people to see and understand what the pants-free lifestyle is all about. The Straight Lines Podcast also you know, helps us do some of the things like we did with uh, Bill Keenest and some of the other things we have going on. Um, so just hit that like button. Hit the subscribe, please. And we appreciate you for doing please that. Do Thank it. you all very, very yeah. much. Because we're going to be coming on not at our normal times over the next few weeks. So you will want to you want to be alerted to when we come come live, and we need your help for people to find us. We need your help. So anyway, those likes really do. I mean, it's simple. It's free. You're here now watching. Doesn't cost anything to hit that. All right. Last guy we want to talk about is a guy that you've talked to, uh, Riz, I and, did. and we I didn't have him on the list when I when I put this together today, and you <laughs> brought it up as like who else is working hard this off season, and you said, I, I people are going to be floored that I'm paying. This. I talked to Tim Boyle today. I interviewed Tim Boyle. Uh, he was doing his last workout before he heads to Detroit. Uh, I got hooked up with him through a mutual friend uh, and wound up talking for, for a while with him. And, and A, he's a really good talker. If you ever get a chance to hear him in an interview, he's really, really good. I really enjoyed talking to him. He seems really have, dumb, uh, right? A couple of the primary points uh, up once I transcribe them. Uh, they will be up at Lions Wire tomorrow morning, Thursday. If you're, if you're listening later, this should be up already. Uh, but uh, he, he talked about what he's doing. Um, both in the weight room, um, in the uh, like, like just physical training, getting his body right. But also he is working with uh, Tony Rassiopi, who's a, a quarterback coach. Uh, he worked with Kenny Pickett. He's working with uh, several other college prospects. He's worked with a few other pros. And he talked about how he's tweaking his mechanics and how he learned just little, little things that he had to do, um, disconnecting his lower half from his upper half to get more torque into his things. Um, throwing, throwing the ball straight was a big thing for him. And, and I'm talking to him and I'm listening to him and I'm like, these are all the things that I've yelled at you about. Like, I didn't say that to him. Um, although uh, I will say this, he was aware of my criti- my critical nature of his performance. Oh, <laughs> um, he was polite about it. He, he had a nice laugh about it. He's a self-aware guy. He's trying to be better, and I appreciate that. I, I, I hope he is. I really do. I, I, I don't get it, but like I, I, I enjoy talking to the guy. I'm, I'm going to root for him because he's doing the things that you need to do to, to do the things that we want him to do. We want him to be a good backup quarterback. We don't, we don't want to be like crying in our pillows um, if Jared Goff gets hurt and we got to bring in Boyle or Blau. Like we we want to have some modicum of confidence that it can happen. I feel better about Tim Boyle after talking to him today. I'm really curious to watch him next week now and see, and like, I, I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to the, the things that he talked to, to me about today. And uh, again, he's a self-aware guy and he loved, he raved about Mark Brunel and how Mark Brunel has worked with him on some of the intricacies that, that Tony Rassiopi is working with him. And it, it, like, he's getting the same message like, which is a good reinforcement that, okay, this is what you need to do to get better. He's embracing that. He's taking it on as a challenge. He wants to prove people like me wrong. And I like that. That's like, I'm, I'm, I was very pleasantly surprised at, at how in depth he got about the mechanical tweaks that he's doing and about the, the physical things that he's doing to make himself a better player. That made me happy. Yep. Look, am I, am I, am I going to say that he's a, one of the better backup court? No, he, I want somebody better than him, but like he is the backup quarterback. We might as well try to make the best of it. And he's certainly doing that. And I feel better about it. So that should make you feel better because I'm not sure that anybody's been more negative on him than me. I'll tell you one of the things about him 
and uh, kneecap was smoking Jeremy B. Uh, Boyle had more interceptions in college and touchdowns. So why does anybody think he can fix that now? Here's where I am with the backup quarterback for the Lions, at least right now. I'm not super interested in having a good backup quarterback. And you're gonna people are gonna be like, why? Right? Well, my thinking is right now is it's Jared Goff or Boss. We saw what happens when Matthew Stafford goes down for half of a season. You had a great quarterback. You had a guy of his caliber, and then you have you had you had a complete Texas fall off. And Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a complete fall off. <laughs> there's nobody. There's no way you're. I mean, who's the worst? Who's the starting quarterback ranked number thirty two in the league right now? Sam Darnold? Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold. Um, there's no way know. you're going to have some, Sam Darnold as a backup. So there's no way you really. Whoever's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really have no chance to do anything. Why not, if you have an injured quarterback, why not just go all in on the tank of that part if it's going to happen? Now, look, you want a quarterback. I will tell you why. Hold on, hold on. You, you, okay. you, you have a situation where your quarterback's only out for a quarter or a half, and you want them not to lose the game for you. And that could be that one game could be the difference between making the playoffs or not and keeping a season or not. And that, that's, that's the, you know, that's an absolute situation. But I will say it is a, a, a thinner possibility than your quarterback going down for a long period than it is just a short period. And that backup is going to make the difference between you making it or not. Now you can tell me your reason why not. I want a good backup quarterback who can keep the the other players on the offense engaged. This this year is about development. I need Jamison Williams to get better. I need Amon Ross St. Brown to keep getting better, to keep ascending. I need TJ Hawkinson to keep ascending. If the backup quarterback isn't capable of doing that, that hurts the Lions in the long term. And that hurts them more than the difference between picking third and eighth. In that, my opinion, that's fair. I think the drop off, though, and depending when the injury happens, uh, if it happens early, it's all over. Yeah, and, I mean, and, if, they, if they're four and eight and Goff goes down, okay, fine. If, 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 they're, if they're four, five if they, and two, if they're four, then, and yeah, oh, we got a different conversation. <laughs> if they're four and oh and Goff goes down for the rest of the season, it doesn't matter. I would rather just pick first and get my quarterback, to be honest with you. And that's where the difference is. That's where I think it now. If Goff this year is the guy, all of a sudden we wind up, and I'm just I'm pulling this out of my ass. If we are a 12-win team and Jared Goff is on fire, right, then I want to get a valid backup for him next year. That's where my head's at. I don't want to go in on having a guy this year. Where Tim Boyle helps me, and 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 to your point here, smoking uh, Jeremy B., the idea is, is as a clipboard holder, how does he do? As a coach. As a guy that helps Goff get better, find his weaknesses, see things he's not seeing, how does he do and how does he perform in that role? And I think that is why Boyle is still where he is on the team. Sort of like the Dan Orlovsky. He was never going to carry your team. He was not going to carry any team to anywhere near a playoff, but he was a hell of a coach on that sideline, and he could help your quarterback become the best they could be. So that's kind of where I'm at and where my head is with Boyle right now. I could be wrong, but that's just where I'm at. I'm, I'm hopeful that I will see consistent good. I, I don't. I almost said good or better play from Tim Boyle uh, because uh, again, you go back to minicamp. He had one day where he was god awful. The next day, he was really good. Like he was better than David Blau. The day after, Blau was clearly better than him. I would love to see one of those guys put together 
three good practices in a row and established themselves as the clear number two. Um, it's very clear from every conversation I've had with the Lions, they have zero interest in bringing anybody else in at the quarterback position, even like even if they realize that, that Blau and Boyle aren't the answer. And you saw today how god-awful the open market is right now. Josh Rosen got signed today. <laughs> that guy hates football. He does not want – he has no – he has more interest in doing other things than he does in football. That's one of the reasons why he's gone. But, by the way, one of the reasons why Eddie Goldman retired um, and a couple of former Bears uh, commentators piled in on there. Like, yeah, he yeah. should have retired in 2019. That was the last time he actually cared about playing football. <laughs> like, that's that's Josh Rosen. Yeah. Uh, I, and the Browns – look, for the Browns, r- real quick, say with there. He is an insurance policy for their insurance policy on a Deshaun Watson suspension that may or may not happen. Hopefully that gets resolved soon. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. If he ever sees the field, they have a lot bigger problems than, than they, they do. So, it's, But that like, uh, why not try Tim Boyle instead of – or David Blau instead of signing uh, – uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, he played at Ole Miss, and then he was in the USFL, and he did pretty well. And he was in the Lions for a cup of coffee, and I can't think of his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should because he was a Shrine Game guy, and I interviewed him there on the field, and it's bugging me. Oh, God. Help me out here. Some, somebody in the chat help me out on that because I, I, can, I can see him. Oh, my God. It's killing me. Here's, um, but, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I, like, like guys like that, like, okay, we know, like Boyle. Boyle knows the system. He, I, trust me, guys, he knows the playbook. I know David Blau knows the playbook, too. I know they put the time in to learn it and master it. They have chemistry. They have, you know, an understanding of where their role is with the team. And to your point, that's kind of what you want from your backup quarterback when you have an established starter and you're not necessarily a contender. Yep. So and there's like, not a lot would, of contenders would I like somebody out there. better? Yeah. Is somebody better available? No. There's not a lot there of contenders go. out there in the backup position in the NFL. And that tells like again, Sam Darnold as your bottom of a starter is acres better than Tim Boyle as, as a quarterback in the NFL, not as a person, whatever Probably. else. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tim Boyle's just not an NFL starter. Maybe we'll see what he does this year, but he's, he just doesn't take that. No, I, I, I would, I would certainly wouldn't say that, but I, I, again, he's putting the work in and that's important. He's not resting on his laurels. He's not counting the, the, the signing bonus that he got. And I, I, I appreciated that. He's, he's busting his butt. I, and I appreciate back. that he's working with a, a quarterback guru who has some fairly decent results and, and a good process. Uh, I actually have met uh, or met with virtually Tony Rossiopi, um, and I, I'm a believer in what he does. So I, it was good to hear that he's working out with them. I want to go back really quick to something I set up and we didn't get to finish earlier. Um, you said that Tim Boyle is really, really dumb, right? What? No, no. No, you said the opposite before the show. You said he's very, very smart. Yeah. Actually, he's a very smart. I, I would, I would love to like sit and talk with him. Just God, like I'm putting out these and, things and out there, and you're letting them sit um, there as I, if they're real. <laughs> I, I would, I would invite him on the podcast. Uh, that would be fun. Yeah. It would be, uh, you know, I, I think he's the kind of look. He showed a good, keen amount of self awareness, and I, I have a great appreciation for that. Yep. Uh, he understands that it's it's people like me, um, schlubs like me. To our job is to criticize him to to get attention and, you know, but also to point out, you know, he understands that he didn't have a good year last year. He knows that mm-hmm. um, he's, and that, that drives him. That that's, that's the kind of mentality that you want from Dan Campbell. And he said some things about the coaching staff that were, 
very encouraging. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it that way. All right. Uh, question from the chat. Do we need camp pants at the training camp party? Coach weighs in. I just had this feeling of like uh, I was going to be walking around with any pants on. There you go. Pants free all the time. Uh, Flounder, thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, the de- dedication of Jerry, Jeff, and Tracy is only enhanced by the authenticity and engagement of MCDC and Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant. Aubrey Pleasant. Yeah. Aubrey Pleasant uh, it's funny. <laughs> I, I I'll save it. It's, it uh, we'll save it for the party. I, I have a okay. good story on. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Jeffrey and Tina. By the way, just thanks for the membership on the YouTube. Thanks for being a uh, a member uh, of the YouTube channel. Appreciate that. That's great support, and we we love you guys for doing that. Um, okay, let's get on to the next topic. If you're okay with that, Riz, this is one yeah, that's um, a, a pretty big deal. I think because it's a long time coming. We've invested a lot, and if you want to give uh, Bob Quinn some credit insert the Quinn bot here. Uh, if you want to give him some credit, I think you can point to the offensive line as the one thing that he built and left in a very, very strong position over his tenure here. Um, sure. According to Sharp Football Analysis, Warren, Warren Sharp, by the way, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, has, has a lot of very interesting data on his site. If you want to go down some rabbit holes, that's a good place to go. He has the Detroit Lions ranked number four, only behind the Browns, Eagles, and Chiefs as to the capability and quality rankings for their offensive line. Who's up there? The, the, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Browns. The Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Browns. The Bills okay, are the eighth. Eagles, Chiefs, okay. The Bills are the eighth. Okay. Bucks are fifth. All right. I, I would actually push back against the Browns a little bit. Like, they have the best guard tandem in the NFL. Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, amazing. He's got them number one. Yeah, I have questions about their tackles, more about health. They changed centers, and their center is now Nick Harris, who has not played well when he's been given a chance uh, in limited duty in the first couple of years in the NFL. So I'm, I think they might be a little lofty on the Browns. Like, like their, their guards, no question, are awesome. And uh, Jack Conklin, when he's healthy, is awesome. But uh, I got a question about Jed Wills and, and Nick Harris out there. Uh, I have z- I, I love that he put the Eagles in there. That's that's a good line. Uh, and I will just say that if you look at how the Eagles have acquired all that talent and brought it together, it's with a hell of a lot less resources than what the Lions under Bob Quinn dedicated to making, making the line work. Oof. Yeah. <sighs> so at least at least they haven't missed on many guys. Logan Stenberg, uh, who's not going to make the team this year, is probably the, the exception. They they actually drafted really well, like. Even even guys who wound up in other places um, and didn't necessarily stick in Detroit wound up being good, like good value. Like they they had an eye for offensive line talent. They really did. I give them that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And by the way, you you might see a resurgence from Tyrell Crosby somewhere, not in Detroit, but somewhere else this year. But the thing that I like about this, and it goes this, we're coming full circle on the, on this conversation. This is something that Jared Goff really didn't have in LA and and it's something he needs to perform when he has time, when he has protection, Jared Goff can be pretty deadly. He could, he, that's, that's the, the recipe time and a lack of pressure is the recipe for uh, peak Goff and having the number four ranked offensive line. If they play as a unit more than what, 10 snaps, whatever it was last year, they didn't get any last year. None. If they play (laughs) as a unit fully, this year, 
that really, really bodes well for Lions and Jared Goff, and, and including with the addition of the wide receivers. I'm just really bullish on the offense, to be honest with you. Uh, all the pieces are there, and yeah, it really, it really does defense. rest on the shoulders of Goff now, right? I mean, it really, really does. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. That offensive line is all about what. I mean, they've built this team to really support I wouldn't have a problem, honestly, if anybody ranked the Lions line second. Um, They can can be that good. And and I love the the general discourse on Halapulo Vadi Vaitai is that it's moved on from, oh, that guy sucks, man. we got to get rid of him, too. Okay, he makes too much money, but he can play, which is the correct take. Let me ask you this, because Pandemine comes up with it. Would you prefer having Graham Glasgow or Big V in hindsight? I would take Big V, and I'll tell you why, because Big V is a big reason why Panay Sewell is doing what he's doing. Yep. They have a, an, an unbelievable bond, and the fact that, that Panay trusts Big, B, Big V, not just as like the guy who's inside playing, but as a guy who he can go to as a confidant and a mentor, uh, and, and also a guy who played right tackle at a decent level uh, in the NFL with a similar body type and similar style, that that uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep V on that. Yeah, I remember when Glasgow went. One person in particular, I won't call him out, but was having a Twitter meltdown. <laughs> We're like, okay, 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 but uh, here we are today, and it was not necessarily that. Yeah, and and by the way, move. they have some depth. Evan Brown can play. Yeah, not not sold on Matt Nelson as the swing tackle yet, but okay, all right. Rome wasn't built in a day. He, he wasn't like terrible. Tommy, Tommy Kramer, Ryan McCollum, th- yeah, these guys, Ryan, Ryan they can play. Like, that's one reason why I think Logan Stenberg is going to make the team unless he adapts to tackle full-time, and they are going to try him at tackle because he's not one of the, the five or six best interior linemen on the team. That's a good thing. Ryan McCollum has a future. That guy really, really does. He's got a, a real high upside. I'm excited to see him grow. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that whole offensive line is great. And it makes and, and I'll tell you, that's probably worth one win on its own. Just them guys playing together all season. And um, it would be nice. That would be very nice. I will say this, though. It's, it's the constant caveat you have with the offensive line being the best part of your team. The Cleveland Browns in 2015 had the best offensive line I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They had Joe Thomas. They had Alex Mack, Mitchell Schwartz at his peak, um, Joel Batonio coming into his own team with three and 13. Like having a great offensive line is great. It doesn't help you win football games. It helps you not lose them as badly. You gotta have the skill position talent, and that's again, again, why like, it's bullish. great to have Frank right now. We're we're better off for having Frank right now and Taylor Decker and all these guys. But the draft resources that they spent on them could have been spent getting premium guys at more important positions, and that's one of the reasons why we are where we are. Yeah, no, but but we did spend on those positions now. And and now we have right. the line and it and looks now, like now it's in a great spot. Yep. And now we now we have the ability to capitalize on that. And they've done that. That's why that's why I'm very bullish on the draft. That's why I love bringing in DJ Shark. That's yeah. why I'm 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 happy that the offense can like if golf is capable, it's be a pretty dang good offense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Don't forget about seatbeltgang.com. Get your stuff, Jerry Jacobs merchandise. And uh it's gonna be we're gonna see some other stuff. You may see some seatbelt gang stuff going on at uh, Hard Knocks. Get some stuff with some um, personalized for players, other players in the, in the secondary as well. You got some good stuff coming. Uh, so that stuff will start rolling out here. But right now, it's all Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Seatbeltgang.com. Great merchandise. Super soft, comfy shirts. Um, Bluetooth speaker. Got one literally right here. 
that I sit and listen to uh, different podcasts and stuff on where uh, I've been going crazy in the last podcast and the left lately um, while I'm working during the day and when I'm trying to fo- have my focus time and get some good background stuff going on. Great sound of speaker. It's, it's Jerry Jacobs and seatbelt gang logo. There's a lot of great stuff there. Um, the suitcase, the, the mugs, the koozies, the water bottle, you name it. It's all there. Seatbeltgang.com. Check it out. Money goes to charities in Detroit. We're trying to do some really, really good stuff. Uh, if you head over there and we're hoping to really get a boost on that here with hard knocks too. And, and some of that showing up because uh, we want to do some really, really good stuff for the people that deserve it the most in our loved city of Detroit. All right. Training camp. You may have heard it's, it's, it's starting. It's getting close. Riz, this is really the last show before players are in Allen Park. This Rookies is the part where be there no one has anything to Saturday, talk about anymore. And the, the veterans uh, take to the field Tuesday. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. This is yes. it. <laughs> People call it the dry season. People call it, you know, they do. Who's got the funniest name? Let's do a ladder competition. They come up with anything they can to come up with content. Well, I think we we continue to do a good job of hey, I'm, I'm guilty. real stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to do it every day, though. That's good for us. No, we don't. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> so we're at the we're coming to the point and we start to look ahead at training camp. And in training camp, there's always something. Two things. You get your camp darlings. Uh, last year, everyone knows ours was Jerry. He was he, I, I, I told you. He did. Anyway, yeah, so so everyone gets their camp darlings, and then you start thinking about the positional battles. Who's going to win what? Who's going to come out on top? Or or what does it mean, and who do we think is going to come on top? What do, you, what, what do we not know about who's going to come on top? What should be there to watch? A lot of stuff here about the different positions and who's playing to win because there's one thing about this coaching staff that I and, – and I absolutely love it because – and, and some of you are going to hate it, but I'm an absolute capitalist at heart. And I think most sports fans are, even though they don't want to admit it. They want the very, 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 very plus best player to win and be the one that plays. And that's what I'm after is this competition to see who is the ultimate player at each position. Riz, let's talk about it's, some of the key positional battles to watch in training camp. Yeah, we talked about a little bit of one with the backup quarterbacks. Boyle and Blau are battling it out. It, it is not set yet. That's one. Uh, the number three running back spot behind Swift and Williams. Uh, and by the way, the, the DeAndre Swift love that he's getting from the fantasy world is unreal to me. Um, he should not be a top 10 overall fantasy pick um, unless you think he's going to score eight receiving touchdowns. He might. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the carries just aren't there. Uh, Craig Reynolds has a firm grasp on the number three. But Jermar Jefferson fighting for his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, does does he the kick return kick kick and punt return are huge battles this year. Igwebuike, Khalif Raymond, Khalil Pimpleton has a shot at doing this. Um and he's he's got a shot to do it too. If if he wins it, he's the guy. Like they, they won't miss Tom Kennedy's in that mix too. Like there there's that's, there's some fun there. That's the thing with Pimpleton, I think, in that role as a little guy. That really is a benefit he's for him. Dynamite he disappears. I mean, oh yeah. Don't and, and don't don't take it the wrong way, right? He's 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 dynamic on his feet. He moves really well. He's got a good good vision. But as as a returner to be 
kind of small behind those big guys, you can get lost in the field pretty quick. If if you, if, especially for folks who maybe only see football on TV mostly, if you get like those on field shots or you get really, really low in the stands and you start seeing almost eye level watching plays develop, it's a whole different game. It's a whole really different is. game on the field at that level. And guys can get lost, little guys like that. And uh, again, I don't want to over, I don't, I hate calling him the little guy, right? Because He's playing in the NFL. He's 5'9", 165. He probably so whips his serious ass. Yeah, but I mean, comparatively, right? We'll, we'll say comparatively. Yeah. Uh, but the guy's got something. He's got something. He could really be a dynamic player for this team, and, and that size may really work to his advantage in a return position. It might. So that's one. Linebackers. Um, I wrote about, this, this, wrote about this this morning. It's easy for me to say. Uh, check it out at Lionswire, but I previewed the, the linebacker position, and – um, I will take Kelvin Shepard's word for it that none of the positions are solved. There are two starting jobs open. There are three, perhaps four, but probably only three reserve jobs open. Alex Anzalone, Chris Board, Derek Barnes, Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, Josh Woods, who's got a huge, 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 I cannot stress this, a huge leg up on making the roster because of his special teams. Like, don't throw him away just because he's going to play special teams. They they like that. Uh, Natras Patrick is in it. Jared Davis is in it. You know, they got Anthony Pittman is back again. Like, any of those guys in, in the meritocracy that's going to play out in this, um, Shepard doesn't care, like, who you are. Sean Deion Hamilton's in that mix, too. Like, th- that that's a battle for, for both starting roles and all the reserve roles. Like, that, none of that is settled. I absolutely I, I, absolutely believe Calvin Shepard when he told me that. So uh, that's, that's definitely one to watch. And, and that's a tough one because there isn't a whole lot of live tackling in training camp. That's one you're really going to have to watch the preseason for. But if guys are getting lost in, in covered situations, in team drills, even when it's non-contact or light contact, or if they're not doing anything on special teams, that's, that's not going to be good. So that's, uh, that, that's definitely one to watch. I'm morbidly fascinated what they're going to do with James Houston because I have no idea how he fits on the team because he's not an off-ball linebacker and he's really, really small to be a defensive end in this defense. He's 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 very undersized. So how are they going to use him? Where does he fit in? Can he be one of those? Can he be possibly the sixth off-ball linebacker and they keep him just because they don't want to expose him to waivers and cut him? That that That's a storyline that I'm going to write a lot about because – I don't get it. Like, and if he makes the team, that means that Julian Okwara is out or, you know, Romeo Okwara could possibly be out. I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, he's taking a job from somebody that you think is going to be on this team if he makes it. And th- those are the storylines that I'm going to be really watching. You know, safeties. Where's, where the hell does Will Harris wind up? What happens with C.J. Moore? How high can he ascend? How good is Kirby Joseph right away? Like, Oh, These I'm are the things Kirby. that you're going to see me writing about and talking about it at Lions. Kirby's one of the guys I'm really going to look at because that's one of the things when I think about the draft strategy, right? I love JMO, right? I love Hutchinson. Yep. But one of the things we were talking about was that last pick of the first round or the first pick of the second round was grabbing that safety, that guy. Yep. And we didn't. We did some other stuff. Now we got Kirby. Kirby looks like he, he very well could be a great player. He's got a great personality for sure. Um I am going to be hawking him with my eyes at training camp this year because he's a guy that's going to be a real difference maker for this team. He's got 
to play well. We need Kirby Joseph to show up and be the equivalent of a second year or a third. We need safety. him to beat out Brady Breeze. Yes. At minimum. Yes. If he yeah. can't do that, it's time to panic. And, and Will Harris. <laughs> the thing is Brady Breeze is, uh, is actually a pretty cool guy. Um, and and in in retrospect and rewatching him, wasn't as bad as I thought he was. He he got, got a couple of raw deals, but they 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 gotta be better at safety, man. So that, that's certainly a position battle that's that's open. The, the number four tackle on offense, is it going to be Obena AZ? Is it going to be Dan Skipper, all 6'10 of him? Uh, you know, like, it's insignificant in the grand scheme of things, but I, that, that's kind of stuff that I, I get off on. So <laughs> I like Dan Skipper. Dan Skipper is a great guy. Uh, his, his, uh, his, his punt return skills are, are non-paralleled. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, kicker battle, too. Kicker battle. back in healthy, Riley Patterson. And that is one that is always fun to watch from the stands because they're usually doing it on the field by themselves alone. And you can get a really good, like, in-depth look at who's doing better than, than the other guy on that. So, and just keep this in mind, Dave Phipp, does, he wants touchbacks on kickoffs. He does not want a single kickoff return against this team all year. The Phipps. That's his goal. Jack Fox was rotten as their kickoff specialist last year. He was the, literally the worst in the league at kicking off and forcing touchbacks. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for Patterson or Cyber to, to show that they can do that. So yeah. keep that in mind when you're, you're evaluating the kickers. It's not just about the field goals. Can I, can I just give a, a shout out to Fib? I mean, we got a, we got a yes, lot dude. of, yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of great access at senior bowl this, this year. And, and FIP was such a great, I mean, the interview was great. He said he, and here's the thing, and I'm going to, we'll give you a little bit behind the scenes. We've alluded to it before, but he showed up and the first thing he did is started punching all the buttons that on the, on the, um, on the soundboard. So he's over here. What's this? You've had enough of that shit. And he's like, he's like, Oh my God. I love that. Like right? <laughs> yeah, he kept playing the Nonstop. Campbell. I have enough of that shit. Another, and Welcome to Detroit. Everything over and over. He was loving it. He was just playing with the equipment, yeah. having fun, talking, just <laughs> laughing, having a great time talking about it, like really into the whole like technical side and, and how do you doing? How does that work? What are you doing of the podcast? Yeah. And laughing, just a sense of humor, like a mile wide, right? Just such a great personality. And then sat down, we did the interview, was on, was just a professional, did a great job. We it was able to keep it light, but not overly, not not like playing around like it was before, right? Really, really a great guy. He knew he knew what to turn on when, but he also knew how to have a great time and have fun. FIP is awesome. I love FIP. And and what he did on the field for this team fits in not just with his personality but you want him to win you want him to succeed and he's done a very very good job in his role of the team do you remember when people were crying about Braden Coombs the Coomer <laughs> remember oh, the, heart of the, the guy team. goes rogue against his head coach even though the head coach sucks you don't break rank <laughs> like that oh, the best coach on the team the general tells you to do something and you're a staff sergeant you damn well better do it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Fip is Fip is top. I can't say enough good stuff about him. He was he was fantastic. By the way, Brayden Combs played his, or wormed his way out of Ohio State too. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I've disappointed you. You're not the only parent I've disappointed. <laughs> oh man. All right, Riz. Um, any other positional battles that jump out at you 
that uh, we so there the, the bottom of the wide receiver depth chart. We talked about that the top four are set, you know, and, and Williams, I still think he's starting on PUP. That's should, that's just my guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll learn by um, actually we'll learn Saturday because he has to be placed on it before. <laughs> so we'll know Saturday morning if he's going into PUP or not, although that's just for training camp, but uh, for the, for the regular season, they have time to, to do that. Um, like, is it going to be Quintus Cephas? Uh, because I think Khalif, I, I think Khalif Raymond is safe as the number five. I really do because of his special teams and because of his speed. Yep. Um, and also, if you saw the the weight room numbers that same man posted on Twitter that I graciously stole from him and wrote about at lines where he might be the strongest guy on the team. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, uh, like they, they like him a lot. They like Khalif's attitude a lot. By the way, I do as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's safe as the number five. So you got number six is Quintez Cephas versus Trinity Benson versus the uh, Corey Sutton who's coming in as a rookie versus, you know, whoever else is there. I don't think that they have any idea who that guy's going to be. I don't think that Quintez Cephas has an advantage. Um, also, I will say, I, I also don't think that Trinity Benson has an advantage, even though they traded two late round picks for him. I think that is a complete meritocracy and the, the best man will win that. I do think they're keeping six, but I could be surprised there. I think that's where that's where you're looking at. Um, backup tight ends after uh, I want to see what Devin Funches has. I don't know. Let, let's hope that he's got something. Uh, let's hope that he's a little bit um, more engaged in the team building process than he ever was in Carolina. That was a, a big knock on him that uh, I've heard from a lot of people was that he just, okay, well, that's nice. You know, move on. Uh, Shane Zilstra is a really good receiver, but is he a tight end? Brock Wright can really catch the ball. Can he block? Can any of those guys play special teams? Uh, again, I I keep bringing it up, but special teams are, if you're number 40 through number 53 on this roster, not only do you have to play special teams, you got to be good at special teams. Otherwise, you're not going to make this team. That's that's why Quintez Cephas isn't a lock to make this roster. That's why Jamar Jefferson is not a lock to make this roster. Uh, that's why Logan Stenberg who has tried doing everything has not a lock to make like Jared Davis, Jared Davis could never play on defense and make it on special teams. That that's the, the flip side of it. You know, Josh Woods might never play on defense. He, he's going to play you know, 85% of the special teams reps. That's, that's where that niche is. And, and, you know, it, it isn't always the better player at the position. It's the guy who offers you more on special teams that, that does it. Yep. That, believe it or not, that's what good teams do. The Chiefs have two guys on their roster who didn't play a single snap on defense last year, invaluable to that team because of what they did on special teams. Uh, the Bengals are the same way. So that's keep that in mind when you're evaluating who's going to make it and, and when you're reading the 53-man predictions for myself and, and all the other people that are out there that are writing them this week because uh, special teams matters. I, I can't cannot overemphasize that point enough. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, there's a lot going on, a lot going on with this team, and it all starts coming out next week. It all starts coming out next week. We will be live next Tuesday. Don't forget about next that. Next Tuesday, I will be live from Canton, Michigan, after attending Lions training camp. Yes, yes. Uh, speaking of training camp, get yourself a ticket to the training camp party. You you know, people spend all this time waiting in line to get stuff signed. Big time stuff, big time stuff with uh, our party you got jerry jacobs showing up at the party he's gonna sign anything you got come on down he will sign it he'll be there he's gonna be on the show we're gonna do a live show from there dan miller will be there also mm-hmm, is 
potentially going to be there. Um, waiting for that. I, I don't want to announce it unless until we get him absolutely confirmed, but we're kind of sure he's going to be there. Um, Bill Keenest will be there. Uh, he's coming down and he will regale you with stories of players and coaches and owners and the whole thing. He is one of the best individuals and human beings you're going to find. You get dinner. You get all the soft drinks you want. Uh, the, the booze you got to buy. Door prizes just for showing up. You show up with your ticket. Chance to win a Billy Sims signed football. You get a chance to win gift cards from Fanatics. Uh, Detroit Lions podcast merchandise from our site. Great, great stuff. Whole bunch of stuff coming on. It's all going to be there. It's a great party. Spend time. Hang out with Riz. It's it's all those people. It's all that stuff going on. It's a live show. It's a chance to hang out, ask questions, and get every question you want answered by just hanging out with us. Come on down. Go to party.detroitlionspodcast.com. July 30th, 7 p.m. It starts. We may let you sneak in a little early, but don't tell anyone, okay? Uh, 7 o'clock starts. Live show at 7.30. It's going to be awesome, and we're going to go until they kick us out. And then if they kick us out, you know, before 2 a.m., we've been known to do an after party as well and uh, and close them out. And uh, whoever's open till 2 or as late as we want. So come on out. Have a good time. Malcolm's going to be there. Malcolm's always a, a great time. He and it was Jeff, Malcolm, Ken, and, and I that did yeah. the close of, God, what was it, the Copper Mug? And the Copper Lake? Mug, like it was like a driving range that had a bar at it. <laughs> Something, yeah. Till two. And it was like it was a dive bar, engineered dive bar, if I remember right. It was like yes. it made to look the like The waitress was like, you really don't want to eat the food here. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was worth every That was, that was so much fun day. because the, the music was quiet. It was like Yacht Rock. Just background and like we had a really good time just talking and getting to know each other. That was that was a lot of fun. Yacht rock. I mean, oh one of one of my favorite dude, I love yacht rock. I know I know I'm a metalhead, but you you give me you give me yacht rock, man. I'm 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 happy. Yeah. Um welcome to the DLP Winners Circle, Slew Shark and D. Thank you so much for joining. Uh becoming a member of the channel. We appreciate that. It's uh yes, it's awesome. It's good. Thank You're you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um Kevin Newsham says, if you have time for a hypothetical decision to figure out a fan's stance, would you rather win 10 games and miss the playoffs or go undefeated in the division and finish 6-12? and 12? Um, 10 games. 10 games. That, absolutely. 10 yeah. games. Because that gives me a shot at the playoffs. And once I'm in the playoffs, anything can happen. Right? You can't win it if you're not in it. Same with the lottery. Trip wag. Again, another shout out for Slew Shark ND. Thank you so much for joining the Winner's Circle, becoming a, a channel I'm member. Rocking the John Dorsey. That's a great comment. <laughs> Chris is rocking the John Dorsey outfit tonight. Uh, let's get through some of these other things here. Uh, did we talk about the party, Chris? <laughs> uh, Yacht Rock. Is that like Pablo Cruz? Chris Cross, sailing. Yeah. Um, all right. Get the likes up. Thank you, everyone, for hitting the like button, the subscribe button. This is it. We're kicking off. And I, I've got to confirm, but I know T.O. Tony Ortiz is going to be back into it. We will have for the season our Friday game previews. We will have our live shows with Ash and Sandman and maybe an occasional Riz appearance when he can get available. We will have our weekly shows with Riz. We have a really awesome series that we're working on that's going to include a bunch of super high profile interviews more to come on that you guys are going to be blown away and it's going to be it's really something special i'm excited about it. it's going to be this is stuff that this is uh interview tier people like you find on 
you know, the McAfee show or some of that other stuff. This is some real, real stuff. Uh, Tripwag, yeah, you're not kidding. Join the Slack channel. And we can have people do that right now because we'll call it a show. Don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Yes, Kevin, Jerry Jacobs is going to be at the party. Um, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there and uh, get on the uh, the Patreon support us. As, as little as $5 a month support level and above will get you access to the Slack chat, which is the most intelligent Lions chat in the Internet. It carried a lot of folks through the dead season, but I'll tell you coming in with the, the regular season here, you're just going to see, you're going to get inundated all kinds of stuff. We've got people with some insider stuff it's beyond Riz and I, there's some other people that have connections throughout that bring stuff as well. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. It's great. Great place to be. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in the slack. Also follow us on Twitter. D E T lions podcast, D E T lions podcast. And at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled right there, the smiling Jeff, get in there, follow us. We were both walking around on Twitter with yeah, no pets. Yeah. We just had a, a mild thunderstorm here in Holland, Michigan. And, uh, it did some weird things, but uh, I'm glad I'm still still here. I've noticed your your video looks pretty stunning today, Riz. It, it I, I look, uh, I'm not in 4K, but I, I feel in 4K. We're getting there. We're getting there. Little steps, <laughs> little baby steps. All those super chats help us get there. And the memberships. Thank you guys all and gals for supporting us. Jeff and Tina. I can't wait to see you guys at the party. It's going to be a good time. I'll give you a, a Stella Tina while we're there. Uh, also, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. That's a great way to get please your questions. Do please do this, folks. Please do it. Leave us a message, or you can just use the regular, plain old telephone system, the POTS. Uh, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Give us a ring, leave a message, and we'll get your, your questions or your stuff on the air. Drunk you are, the more fun it can be. Also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we... What do we do when you do that, Riz? We come into your ear holes automatically. Each of us in one ear at a time. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Yeah. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. I've only said it a million times. Why would I freeze? We're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for joining us. Final seconds winding down. And look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.